Okay, hello, and welcome to a special episode of Sometimes Dead is Better. Very special. <laughs> it's me, Kristen. And me, Chris. And so, Chris, I guess we'll just get into what are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking, in honor of our movie tonight, it is a rosé called Day Owl. And uh, the connection to the movie is that it's a rosé and it has an owl on it. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's also a California rosé. We assume uh, Santa... Uh, Rosa? No. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. The real Santa Cruz, not Santa Carla, yeah, but which no, is where a, the vampires a, live. Yeah, a nice callback. Do you think it's the same amusement park? Yeah. If only. It's the boardwalk. This is the first. Uh, we just went and saw a movie. Right. So we're also doing, what did you? What have we been watching? Yes. <laughs> so what have you been watching, Kristen? <laughs> well, I just went to go see this movie called Us. What? Yeah. That's crazy. And you I, were there? Oh, I was there. That's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We saw it together, and our friend Melissa was there, so shout out to Melissa. Um, so we're recording this episode just like two hours after, right, if that, after seeing the movie. Right. So all that is to say we have no overarching theories or uh, true crimes, I, I assume. I don't no, know. I haven't thought of anything No yet. true crimes, no, uh, none of our usual bullshit. <laughs> Um, so we're going to just talk about it as a, you know, as it is, as it kind of lives in our minds right now. Yeah. And obviously, if you haven't seen it yet, I wouldn't listen to this episode yet. Right. You'll probably be pretty mad. It'll be pretty spoilerific. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I was kind of joking earlier. I mean, it's not like there's not there's not much to discuss with this movie. It's pretty straightforward. Right. <laughs> uh, no real layers to it or, you know, um, Jordan Peele really just kind of put on the paper. and He's kidding. Yeah. I absolutely thought it was fantastic. I mean, I like Get Out a lot, and I'm not sure if this is necessarily better than Get Out, but it's definitely, I mean, it's certainly not anything approaching a sophomore slump or, right, right. which was what I was a little bit worried about. Um, I think if I watched it a few more times, I would like it just as much as Get Out, which I think it's better and better every time I see it. But what are your, I mean, do you have like a, like a general broad take like that or? Yeah, I think that is tough. Oh, I am having some hot tea, a little reference to get out oh, okay good good um she's in a sunken place <laughs> no. no you're not okay and it's not really fair to keep comparing it to get out but that's impossible to do so we have to compare it to that but i think that they're very different they and, are very different yeah and yeah. i think they're both very imaginative and and beautiful in their own way and i don't want to compare them don't make me okay well yeah i didn't mean to <laughs> you necessarily compare them but like do you have a take on just like did you would you say you like the movie you know? oh yeah okay yeah um um, should we talk about who's in this movie? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so should we start at the very top? Would that be um, Lupita? Yes. Lupita Nyong'o. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. She plays Adelaide. Mm-hmm. I work oh. with a girl named Adelaide. This cool. Oh, nice. Um, slash Red. Mm-hmm. She is, I think, fantastic in this movie. I hope this, you know... I, she seems to be doing quite well for herself, so I guess I don't need to wish her any kind of good luck. But I just kind of want her to do more and more and more and more movies because she's she's so interesting. She is. She's she's really wonderful. I mean, I think like you know she was good in Black Panther, but I don't feel like she had like a ton to do. 
Well, there was so much in Black Panther right. too. I mean, no had, one really had yeah. it other than, of course, Michael B. Jordan, who just oh my god uh, killed it. Uh, but hopefully now she'll. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't get a lot of you know awards for this. I hope so. She's playing two roles. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. So we also have uh, Winston Duke, mm-hmm. another Black Panther alum, yeah. and he, he's so good in Black Panther too. He really is. He does stand out in Black Panther. Yeah, that's actually a good point. He does kind of rise above. Of course, he's gigantic. (laughs) And he lives in a cloud city. (laughs) And he gets to make jokes. Yes. yes. Good for him. I don't think he's as good as Lupita in this. Of course, it's not really a contest, but he's still fantastic. He is. He's very good. I think we agree he's probably the um, surrogate for Jordan B. Pill. (laughs) Does he even be in it? (laughs) You see, Michael B. Jordan, Jordan B. Pill. I I get it. I get it. Um, you should think about Michael B. Jordan. Uh, yeah, I kind of derailed myself. Um, well, yeah, when I first saw the first trailer, at first glance, I thought it was Jordan Peele playing the main character. I think even his voice is, it sounds like Jordan Peele, hmm. the way he talks. Um, you know, he's got the glasses. Yes. He's twice as big, I imagine. Yes, he's a big man. Um, I imagine some of the jokes he makes are probably the type of jokes Jordan Peele makes. <laughs> I bet he does. Yeah. I don't know if Jordan Peele has kids. He has a little baby. Oh, he does really? Okay. Well, he's married to Chelsea Peretti. Well, I knew that. And they, had, they had a little baby. Cute. It is. It's very cute. And so they have two little kids. Uh, the little girl's name is Zora. The actor's name is um, Shahadi. Yeah. Well, she's not that little. I mean, she's like a teenager, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, she probably, yeah, she's got a cell phone and she's texting all the time. Got some tood. Yeah. She's, she's very cute. And then Evan Alex plays Jason, who was adorable. Yes. Um, very good performances. And they also play, you know, two roles, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty demanding for, you know, child actors, I would think. Yeah. See, I, I keep, I keep forgetting that. Like they were both, they were so good. You know, I keep forgetting that they were playing yeah. those other roles too. Especially. And the teenager was super creepy yes. as, the, as the evil teenager. Yes. I don't know what her name was. Does it sound there like the evil teenager's name? No. Not that they're evil. Yeah, they're pretty evil. It's not a huge cast. Right. Um, well, we also have, though, um, Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Uh, from Mad Men and The Handmaid's Tale. And she plays a, sort of the best friend. Well, not, I mean, that's not really fair. I guess she's the wife of his best friend. Right. Doesn't seem like he, she and Lupita have No, uh, but looking back, it's really interesting. So when they meet on the beach. Okay, yeah, so we'll, we'll get okay. there. We'll get there. Okay. And then we have... Um, Tim Heidecker plays her... Um, husband. Right. And is that the guy from Eric and Tim? Yes. Okay. I don't know that show, but I know it's a thing. So. <laughs> okay. So I love Tim and Eric. Okay. But what I really love, which I've showed you a couple episodes of, is Tim and Eric's bedtime stories. Do you remember when I showed you that? No. You don't remember what Belly Full of Toes? What? Okay. Maybe you were, maybe we've been drinking a while. I know I showed this to you. So Tim and Eric, uh, who's um, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. Eric Wareheim, you probably know from Masters of None. He played Aziz Ansari's friend. Oh, okay. Big tall guy. But they also love horror, too. They And then the, their TV show, Tim and Eric, great job, is insane. They're insane people. But it's so funny that him and, of course, Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key obviously are famous for, for their show and their comedy. But they also have this love of horror. And so they made a TV show called Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories. And it's about thirty minute little shorts of it's some of it it's some of it is humorous, but most of it's just like fucked up. It is so good. Uh, I think it's on IFC, so I recommend that. So it's okay. a, well, I have no memory of watching that, but I don't necessarily disbelieve you either. So and they star in it, and also um, like other 
comedic friends are there. It's like uh, Bob Odenkirk and lots of other actors are in it. But so, uh, so clearly they share a love of comedy and horror. So I loved seeing him in that because I loved him. That's Edgar. interesting. Um, so what is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it does have, I mean, I think it's more comedic, at least, than to some extent than Get Out. I mean, Get Out is more satirical and definitely has a lot of funny parts, but it, this one seems to have much, it's, well, at least for the first half of it, a much looser, yes. kind of more openly funny kind of vibe to it. Yes. Uh, like trying to make you laugh almost. Uh, yeah, I mean, the audience was cracking up, I thought. Yeah, it was a good um, audience, too. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, those... They were really into it. Very good audience uh, movie. Uh, but then, like, I think maybe the last 30 minutes or so, it definitely gets a little bit more serious, I think. I mean, it seems like uh, the jokes kind of level off, and it's, you know... Don't you think? Yeah. Or? I was also surprised about how quickly things started. Like, I thought there would be a little... I mean, there was a good buildup of them getting to their destination and meeting... We meet um, his friends at the beach and stuff, but then... It started kind of quickly to me. Pretty quickly, the little boy says there's a family, and I, that just freaked me out. That yeah, well, I heard you gasp, and I thought, well, that was in the trailer, Kristen. What, you, what is your problem? It's like, I see dead people. It's scary, because, like, I mean, how... I guess it's just scary every time. It's 11 o'clock at night, and you hear the little boy say there's a family in our driveway. <laughs> That, how scary is that? Yeah, uh, not as scary as you not... audibly gasping in the theater right next to me. <laughs> Something is not right. No, no, I agree. I mean, they did react. I mean, I thought Winston Duke reacted really chill to that because if, I mean, if you said there's one person in my driveway right now, much less a family, I'm like out the back door. <laughs> well, I guess that's why he kind of made it. But it's a family. It's okay. But then I thought he did a great job responding to it. At first, he tries to be cool, and then he tries to be mean, and then he's like, oh, never mind, and right. then runs back in. So, again, what is this? <laughs> um, I mean, I think I have a better handle on it now, but um, I guess we'll just kind of try and describe what happens as best as we can. Uh, but, again, we have the, the fam- do we have the family's last name, does it really say, or it may not? Wilson. The Wilson family. So, again, Lupita. Winston Duke and their nice children. It's a family of four. And they're going to their vacation house. Yeah, but we're first treated to what is, I guess, you know, well, it's, a, it's flashback. It's not really set up that way. It just starts in 1986. You meet young Lupita. Well, yeah, well, the first scene is the scene of the television. Right. And I liked how they had, I mean, I just kind of imagine, I wonder if uh, Jordan Peele was kind of thinking about his house. and Because everybody had that double... VHS of the right stuff. Did you notice that, that was on next yeah, to the TV? Yeah, my dad had that. That's crazy. Yeah, the right stuff. And then you also had like Chud. Yeah, it's all Chud. I, and, I, was, I was looking for Critters. I didn't see Critters. Yeah, there was some There was some other um, like horror movie, the VHS up there. I loved that. And um, then they had the commercial for the hands across the world. Yeah, which I don't remember that, but I remember like seeing it like on a lot, I love the 80s, you know, that type of thing. But I have no memory of that when I was a kid. I mean, I was alive, but I guess I was only six or so. Yeah, not really either. I wonder if they did in Alabama. Probably not. <laughs> we don't like outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course, even before that, because I guess we're just going backwards and backwards, <laughs> is you get the the opening. Uh, I don't know what you call that, but you know, you have the text across the screen. Oh, right. Describing uh, or explaining that there are tunnels uh, all under the United States. Right. Hundreds of miles of tunnels, and some of them we don't even know what they're used for. Or yeah. some, some text like that. Yeah. Which is a it's, little creepy and then yeah. confusing when they, like you're an hour into the movie and there's still no tunnels right. that you're really aware of. But, right. And, but you went, and, I, and I didn't want, I didn't know if this was going to have something to do with the 
Underground Railroad. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Um, but it, no. It doesn't seem like. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who I, knows? we will get yeah, into it knows, and then yeah. we'll get our theories. Yeah. And maybe I won't completely discard that on the right. first viewing. <laughs> you know. uh, but so the first opening sequence, I suppose, is uh, young, what we know now is young Lupita's character, young Adelaide, with her somewhat dysfunctional parents uh, going to the, the Lost Boys amusement park. <laughs> right. And they meet a vampire. Right. Kiefer, that would be the same year. Well, that's 1986, so I guess that was 87 Lost Boys, so they just missed out. Oh, Wouldn't that be great, out. though? If I were Jordan Peele, how would you not have a merry-go-round and right. some mullets kind of flipping around? <laughs> and, oh, that'd be fantastic. But anyway, uh, so young Lupita, as I'll call her, it's, you know, um, she seems like a very quiet girl. She's not having the best time, but she seems like she's just maybe kind of shy. Mm-hmm. She's taking it all in. She's observing everything. She's kind of watching her parents fight a little bit. Uh, and then she kind of wanders off as her father's trying to win her a teddy bear, but he seems to be just kind of playing <laughs> by himself. Right. Well, first she gets a thriller shirt, puts she, it on. Yeah, she does get a thriller shirt, which is, you know, we're just not going to go there. Yeah, I know. Um, but, you know, in, in 1986, I would have loved a thriller shirt. Yeah, that's so pretty cool for Good that. for her. And yeah. that's kind of a badass shirt. It is. Young Lupita wanders off, and she wanders off down into the boardwalk and walks into... Yeah, I forget what it's called at the beginning, but it's a... Find yourself in what is it? It's some sort of gypsy. Uh, it's like a big. It's like a magical forest, right, they call it, or something. I mean, Hollow mirrors type thing. Yeah. But the title changes. Like, yeah. When the future is like Merlin, Merlin something. something yeah. I forget what it is in the past. There's no way we'll ever know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she enters it. It reminds me of the Simpsons episode. You know, when Lisa goes and sees her future. Oh, uh, yeah. Just me? No, okay. No, I, I remember uh, that. Uh, it also kind of reminded me of Big a little bit. Like, you know, when he. When, he finds the fortune tell. Anyway. Or the X Files episode when they go into the hall of mirrors and oh, they keep shooting yes, the, yeah. the mirrors. So she walks in, she then the lights go out and she gets quite freaked out, understandably. She's a little girl. Uh she drops her candy apple, which is kinda of sad. Uh so in the Hall of Mirrors though, you know, she's being spooked and scared. She keeps running herself and then she runs into herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh she runs into herself, turn backwards, she turns around and the, you know, the same actress and smiles at her. It's very creepy. And then we cut to the opening title cre- credits. And it's present day. Yeah. Well, the well, opening then- title credits are just bunnies. <laughs> right. There's a five-minute title sequence of bunnies. Oh, my god. Without explanation. Yes. Uh, and it's fantastic. Just like five layers of bunnies. Yeah, like a long, slow Kubrickian, if I can say that word. Just the slowest of slow pans. Paneling. And then you see school desk. Yes. So you know something's going on. It looks um, like. Again, I mean, it looks like Lost. Um, but then after the 15-minute opening sequence of Bunnies, <laughs> we then we come to cut to the uh, present day. And we meet the present day family, which, is, again, is Lupita, Winston Duke, and her two lovely children. And so they have apparently rented or are at a beach house that it seems like they go to every summer. Right. It's not their normal house. It doesn't no, it's like a vacation house. Because right. they say we're back here again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem like a fun family. Uh she, Lupita, seems a little off, but you seem to chalk that up to, you know, they show these flashbacks of her in therapy. Right. And you think, oh, you know, she's traumatized from this event. Um, but once you watch the second time, well, uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, <laughs> but it's very exciting. To, to, I can't wait to watch this again to see exactly what she's I reacting know. to. And, they get decided to go to the beach. Not, she doesn't want to go back to the right, beach. Right. She doesn't want to go back to the beach. It's not because she's scared of it necessarily. It's because she knows where her doppelganger is. Right. Um, but 
Anyway, we meet the family. The little boy is kind of interesting. He seems to like wearing a mask. Yeah, what is the mask? Is it a just a monster mask? I can't really tell what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's just like a little werewolf mask. Yeah, okay, his a little fangs, plastic one. Right. Mm-hmm. That's somewhat unexplained, but he seems to like wearing it. Uh, they don't. Really... What does it have anything to do with the fact that his doppel? Because him and his doppelganger are somewhat connected. Right. And he they has to wear a mask. Same, they, yeah, they share the same soul. So he want, he has the same desire to wear a mask because right. the other one wears a mask. Well, which one has the desire, though? I guess they both do. The one with the burns. Oh. Because they cover him up. Yeah. And then so So he, the reason he likes wearing the mask is because his doppelganger does. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So we're already figuring stuff out. Yeah, we're going to talk it through. So you see them, you know, kind of running around the house. You know, the, the girl doesn't want to go back to school. She doesn't think she's going to... She doesn't want to run track anymore. They're setting up, you know, that type of thing. Uh, they're setting up the fact that the little boy has some sort of maybe emotional issues, shyness issues, kind of being made fun of. He likes hiding in the closet. Oh. Uh, there's a few things like, things like that going on. Well, that's kind of later at the beach, I guess. And, you know, when the girls are making fun of him. Oh, right, right, right. And he's like, well, she's just, he's just quiet. Yeah. Or what did she say? That could be interesting. She has some line, like, you know, it's not quite, he's just quiet. It's something like... Uh, yeah, because they say, your brother's weird. Uh, yeah, I forget what she says exactly. He just likes to... Keep- it could be nothing. I just wonder if it's like a clue to something. But Right. Um, so anyway, kind of a nice, normal family. And then there's this idea introduced, okay, we're going to the beach to meet our friends, Elizabeth Moss and... No. <laughs> Is that her name? <laughs> Elizabeth Moss? Yes. Yeah, okay. You sound like a supermodel. <laughs> and and, uh, and Tim Heidegger. Right. And Lupita does not want to go at all. She hears the word of the beach and she's like, what? Although it's kind of strange because they're at their beach house. <laughs> so I know. I was wondering that too. It's like, why didn't she move far, far away? Yeah. It seems like this would probably come up at some point. Maybe she has to stay somewhat close. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Could be. Um, so she doesn't want to go. He uh, he is charming and convinces her. And then he you know, kind of guilt trips her a little bit saying Jason wants to go. Right. So they go. Um, also some sort of like he has some sort of like keeping up with the Joneses thing with his friend he right. wants a better boat and a better apparently they have more money than him yeah I just like him walking around in his little swimsuit and his glasses and he's just he's just such a dad he's just it's just really kind of cute it is um, especially for such a big lumbering kind of guy yeah. I just always like that they meet uh, Elizabeth Moss who I think is fantastic in this. She really She's, is. Yeah. Again, I thought she was just going to be kind of another, kind of a boring character that they just kind of had to have another interaction with somebody. And so they, but she's so good. Both yeah. of them are. This their relationship. And she's a little bit against type too. She's kind of a yeah. boozy sort of, uh, you know, kind of fun, kind of spacey. But she's obviously kind of also. I hate to say, it, but why kind of wears the pants in that family? You know, she like later in the house, you right. see who kind of runs that family well, that's why in honor of her we have got the rosé yes the rosé because she's drinking rosé right and she says this rosé is delicious which i believe i've said that many times she talks about getting face lift and um, then, so that makes sense when lupita says i'm not good at like chit-chatting like this right. and you think it's because oh she had a hard time as no. a kid and she had a hard time adjusting but no she's literally not good at talking yes <laughs> I think that's what she says. I'm not good at talking. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, which we'll get to. But I mean, obviously. So when people were kept asking us, why are we so quiet? We should have said, well, because when I was six, I uh, came up from underground and I found my <laughs> doppelganger and right. I took her down and I chained her up. And that's why I'm here. That'd be a better answer than my usual stock yeah. user. Although I do actually kind of like, I'm not good at talking. <laughs> you know, say the host of the podcast. <laughs> 
Okay, so we're at the beach. I suppose the first real freaky thing that happens, you know, oh after the prologue is uh, Jason wanders off and uh, on his way to the bathroom sees a very tall guy with his back to the camera and he's bleeding from his hands. Yeah, and his arms are out. Yeah, and of course, earlier we had seen the someone that looked like that. I kind of thought it was him, but the guy with the 1111 sign. Yeah. Uh, Who also was a, which was another, which Lupita has been talking about his coincidences. And that was one of them. She remembers seeing him as a child. Right. I wonder what the coincidence is. Does that mean they were getting closer? Is that what she was saying? The coincidences meant that they were getting closer? Could be. Yeah. So there's also the the coincidence of the Frisbee that lands in the perfect circle of the blanket. Yeah. It's not really a coincidence. It's just kind of weird, but. I guess weird things like that were happening. I wish they would have included some more things like that. That That's a little freaky. Yeah, there's probably more than I just didn't really notice, too. But We see the cardboard sign that says Jeremiah 11.11. And so uh, that from the Bible is, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Sounds pretty pretty spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah, I don't even know. Is that the Old Testament? Yes. Hmm. Where does eleven eleven come up again? Is it the, the time? The time. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we have to we have to give a shout out to my friend Colin, <laughs> who I used to live with, and every night when it would turn eleven eleven on the digital clock or whatever, he would literally beat me in the arm, make me look at it, and say, "Isn't that weird?" And I would say, "No, it's not weird, Colin. It's going to turn eleven eleven every fucking night." Right. Or um, every day, twice a day. Twice a day. Yeah. Just like it would turn three. 13 or 12, right. 12, but 11, 11, I think people really do think it's of significance. Cause Why? I don't know. But yeah, that's interesting. So the, the little boy at one point points to the clock and says it's 11, 11. Right. And so he's already has experience. He, you don't, they don't show it, but you know, he, well, they do show it. They just don't really show what happens. But so my take on that is that's the first person that's come up from yes. below. Yeah. I guess, you know, that red is instructed or whatever. And so, because he starts the chain. Yes, and he's just standing there waiting. Right. So creepy. And, oh, you know, so I guess he killed his... Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't even get that. Oh, yeah. So he killed his doppelganger, and now he's ready. He's ready to go. He's like, come on, guys, let's get going. the first person that died is the guy that maybe prophesied what was going to happen. Right. That was warning them about what was going to happen, maybe. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that's the first, you know, you know, subtle thing that something's <laughs> going wrong. But they go back to the house. They, you know, they they were invited for drinks at Elizabeth Moss's house, and for some reason they're like, no, that doesn't sound like fun at all. No, she says vodka o'clock. Yeah, vodka o'clock. <laughs> yeah, she's that type of girl. Well, um, and then it's, I, I can't wait to watch this again, also because then she has a sweet talk with her son. This whole time, I'm like putting myself in her shoes. Like, I would do anything to protect my children. And then at the end, everything switches, and it's like, wait, what? What was she saying to him exactly? I mean, I guess they're, they're still her children. Yeah, and that's an interesting. Um, I was going to bring that up once that starts happening. But like, what do you do in that situation? Probably the same thing that Lupita does is not kill the people that look like your children. Don't you think? But if they're trying to kill your children, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, we're back at the house, um, and then things get they you know they amp up pretty quickly. So. There is a family in their driveway, and it is clearly them. It takes some time to figure out, but it is them dressed in red. Right. It is their doppelgangers. We don't know why or where they came from or why their people look just like them. Um, but they're there, and they um, break in the house and attack them. Mm-hmm. 
chain up Lapita, uh, and then this conversation happens. But before that, so does Lapita know exactly what's going on, or does she have like some sort of amnesia about what all this is? Because the ends, you know, the sort of final scene where everything is revealed. Oh, there's this idea that she's like she's remembering for the first time, right? Yeah, like exactly. Oh, on that, you know, or is it she's known this whole time? Like I am, in fact, and she's like, you know, she's not quite scared. Oh, of course she's scared, but it's like she's scared for different reasons, right? Like she's trying to protect the lie almost. That's a good point. So, which way is she playing it? Does she know the whole movie that she is, in fact, the girl that was? I guess from the other side, as it were. I'm kind of thinking on Castle Rock a little bit. Oh my gosh. I think that she, I think you're right. I think that she had amnesia and she forgot and she slowly remembered. And then she had a panic of remembering everything. Looking at her son, I think she kind of, because we didn't know what was going to happen, kind of remembered everything and was like, all right, still everything's cool. I won. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of my take on it, is that she has repressed that. Yes, because um, when she, at the end, when she finally kills herself, all the, you know, all of her, like that, she starts grunting again. And yeah, that yeah, sort of, the, yeah. the same way they were acting kind of comes out. And right. also, again, that's how, why the Lupita that comes back, Red, can speak. Because she did have six years or however long. And nobody else can talk. They all grunt and make noises because they've been living underground but right well i i guess i i like either idea i really like the idea that maybe she knows the whole time and like just in the movie that makes her more of a villain right that's that is interesting it just changes the her motivations in every single scene that you would watch right and i just i don't know if that's the case i think maybe you just are not supposed to know the way i it plays the end and maybe just because the audience is the one figuring this out but the way they play it, it's almost like she's realizing for the first time right but it could be that it's just no we're just showing you for the first time in the film, what has happened? Uh, I don't uh, know. But I don't know. The, the look on her face is so great, though. I mean, her eyes get so big, and she is kind of. So that's a good question. Okay. Well, well, I mean, I guess we'll get to it, but and we'll, we'll ask Jordan Peele when he's on. Right. So the family uh, again, they've been uh, they've been strangered, <laughs> if I can use that as a verb. They've right. been uh, what do you call it? House. Uh, what do you call it? House. Uh, what do you call it when people breaking your house? Uh, House assault? No, that's not a thing. <laughs> There's a word like a home invasion. Yeah, yeah they've been home invasioned. Uh, it's very scary. Um, and so they're kind of captive. They're in there. There's this great scene where they're all in the same living room. Right. Lupita's chained to the coffee table. She seems to be the one they're mainly after, which kind of makes sense, you know. Right. Uh, and then there's each family member's respective doppelganger is kind of across the coffee table from them. And they're all kind of just perched like little chess pieces or something opposite each other. And it also makes sense looking back as to why Red didn't just immediately kill Lupita. It, ma- it makes sense that she's taking her time like she says because her whole life has this get gotten to this point and that ha- kind of happens and, and look, I think uh, the Incredibles movie you know the Pixar movie mm-hmm. does it best when they say about how the villain starts monologuing that's how they get away because they finally get the person they want and they don't kill them right away because they want them to know everything. That's kind of like what happens here. It's like, well, why didn't she just go ahead and kill her? Well, everybody else is just walking up to their double ganger and killing her. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, because this is the um, bad guy, essentially. Yeah, she definitely wants to have a real confrontation with her. Yeah. Uh, now that you see it that way. Like, this is her moment. Although it doesn't seem like she's necessarily out for revenge either. 
Like not necessarily specifically against her because you kind of, I mean, she does feel like like she's opened her eyes a little bit, you know, because they're linked. They're the same soul, as they say, in a way. So there's, it's not quite like pure revenge, I don't think, but she definitely, you know, wants this confrontation too. Mm -hmm. And so she, um, so when Lupita speaks, the red character, they call her, I mean, the title thing calls her, I mean, the credits call her red. Right. I don't know if they ever actually call her that movie, but when she first speaks, she has a very interesting voice it's so crazy uh, and you actually did it earlier yeah my voice accident. went out yeah and it, and it kind of came out that way it uh, i mean that, i don't know how she did that no but it's i mean if you've seen the movie you know but it's a very sort of slow kind of uh, like you have laryngitis on yeah. those but you know kind of but like a, I don't know, creepy for sure and none of the other characters talk which i didn't really notice at all until you mentioned it as on, on the right home right and when i say the characters I mean the the doppelgangers right um, she's the only one that talks, which again makes sense once you know the ending. Yeah, uh, and she explains that you know to the extent she explains anything that you know she's they are shadow creatures mm-hmm. that have been forced to eat bunnies. Well, that's later, I <laughs> um, guess. Well, she kind of oh right, yeah. You know, she compares them to. Um, she basically says, "You live in the light, we're living right. in the darkness." Um, so what I'm thinking of that scene is that they're almost like just these weird metaphorical creatures that somehow or have been created out of nothing right through like you know i'm thinking like what is this like the the reflection of these people is it or something or i'm not sure what's going on but it seems much more less literal than what it actually ends up being is what i mean well i mean they're actually flesh and bone right. and you can kill them right but um, the, but i guess later there's actually a story to how they were created and right. where they what they actually are which i wasn't really expecting i thought oh is this going to be just pure speculation on sure. what they actually yeah. are the whole movie because her explanation in the living room is not satisfying. Right. <laughs> like, okay, they're shadow creatures. And then it's, you know, it's all motive, metaphor, kind of poetry. Like, um, you do this, we do this, you do this, we do this, you eat this, we eat bunnies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of confusing. Um, but scary, but kind of funny at the same time. I mean, the audience was kind of giggling, you know, the whole time. Um, but that was probably kind of nerves, too. Well, and Winston Duke has a good, he cuts in and yeah. has a good um, comic relief there and then kind of everything goes to right they crazy. all kind of respectively attack each other right um well not even attack as long as they kind of play games with each other right like you know winston duke's guy well winston duke yeah <laughs> um straight up assaults him you know, knocks him out and yeah. takes him out of the, his boat for some reason but the the kids seem to kind of want to play with the other kids yeah maybe because they're kids yeah. right that was interesting but then uh, the little girl doppelganger does uh take no hesitation to murder that one guy who kind of the neighbor who comes out yeah um but yeah they do seem to be kind of playing so the the, the girl lets the other girl who again the runners get like a head start right and just you know dash off and she kind of counts to 10 or something and then goes after her so that's kind of interesting yeah it's like oh let's play a game right and then the two little boys go and hide in the closet <laughs> and uh play with fire <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with that character. I'm sorry. I love it. I, I haven't really figured that out yet. The young kid, Jason, has this recurring tick where he has this, some sort of, is it just a lighter? I don't quite get it. It is. It's like a magic trick thing. I remember, I think I remember having one of those. I think it, if you hit it right, it sparks. So it looks like it is fire. Oh, you're supposed to what, hide in your hand or something? I think so. Okay. I didn't get it, but, but he's, but he's, the other kid is obsessed Using real with, fire. Yeah, he's obsessed with fire. So that it kind of explains somewhat um they have this shared preoccupation i suppose right so basically they just want to go away and play with fire together right <laughs> um but the kid um does 
he does his real magic trick, which is lock the door behind him and, and kind of escapes. And the teenage girl more or less escapes. You know, there's this kind they of... They all pretty, end up back together on the boat. Right. And, and they get out of there. Winston Duke defeats his... Um, yeah. So that's the first time you realize, okay, they're they're humans. Right. Winston Duke has a sustained sort of horror scene, kind mm-hmm. of funny scene where he's attacking his... Or he's being attacked and, and well, attacking his doppelganger on the boat. He ends up killing the guy with the, the, the motor of the boat right. after almost drowning. But anytime there's the that like a body of water around is scary and you're trying to get back onto the boat and someone's chasing you, that, that freaked me out. Yeah. That was good. So then they get away. And what happens to Lupita, though? I forget, like in the... Well, she breaks out. Because they're ch- kids, her her doppelganger is chasing the others, I guess. Or, I forget what happens there. Oh, the little boy gets trapped. So oh, she right, has yeah. to go and get her. And so she breaks out and then gets chased and they run okay. out. And then they, so they get on the boat, run, speed away, and then the others... You see them kind of watch them speed away. Right. And so, but then, so we kept back. So this was what was so great that, that Jordan Peele kept out of the trailer. Cause you have no idea that it's nothing more than just this family. Right. Because I thought that they, I thought that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that they were going to be like the, the, the doppelgangers of the Wilson family was going to be like the Michael Myers solely following them. And holy shit. So then we learn that, so we see, there's a great scene between Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker, again, showing them they don't quite get along. He seems like, they both seem like garbage people. And <laughs> they have two sort of bratty daughters. Yeah. Who, I guess they're twins. Yeah. Is that the thing? Okay. And then from out of nowhere, all of the doppelgangers out, come out with their scissors and stab the whole family. Yeah. That family is doppelgangers. Yeah. yeah. Not our doppelgangers. Right. So Elizabeth Moss and... Tim Heidegger, Tim Heidegger and the, yeah. the two twins. And you, you actually see it from outside the house, like kind of looking in through the windows. You know, there's no sound to it. We see the twins get stabbed. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then but they then kind of, because it's like one of those um, very modern houses that has all the glass Yeah, windows. all glass. Yeah. I guess it's on the same lake as where the um, Wilsons are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, in fact, where the Wilsons are going. And, of course, they get there and, well, they're already dead, but. Uh, then they fight the. The, fam- the family. Right. And that's that's a great sequence. That's probably one of my favorite sequences in the movie is the Wilsons versus the... And that's kind of funny because, like you said, it's like uh, Wilson Duke wants to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. And they have to... I'm not sure what to do with that, but, you know, they basically end up bailing out in their much nicer house. Right. And they get to take their car. Right. Um, so it's kind, of, it's kind of a funny way of overcoming your neighbors. Yeah. It's like if I got really jealous of this guy's grass next door and just, you know... I won't say that because I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, so then there's a great there's great fight sequences with all them. They and they end up getting in the car. Well, the sequence with the twins is awesome. Yeah, um, with the little with the girls doing the cartwheels. Yes, and the, um, they all thought that was very. Have you seen Blade Runner, the first one? No, I'm pretty sure that was an homage to the Daryl Hannah character. Oh, doing the cartwheels through the dark lit space as oh, she's cool. about to attack. It's just it's a very. It seems to be a clear montage. She even kind of looks like her a little bit. That's very cool. But that's a great fight sequence, mostly because the two kids are involved and they both do great. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when Elizabeth Moss, we haven't thought about this. What is going on with that? Where Elizabeth Moss um, also chains Lupita to the bed. And she oh. must have, they must have instructions to keep her yes, alive. Yes. She must be like the main target. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Because otherwise, like, why would Elizabeth Moss care about Right. Then she must have been instructed. Yeah. 
Well, there, but there's also that scene though, that in where Elizabeth Moss has Lupita chained up, and she is about to go. It seems like. Yeah, she wants she she wants to really bad, yeah. and she probably remembers her orders. Oh, so you think that's why she cursed up her That's why she cuts herself. Oh, I thought it had something to do with her talking about plastic surgery early. Oh, yeah, that's a good point too. That's why yeah. she has the scars on her face. Yeah, because she has. Oh my gosh, because she has scars on her face. Right. So she had to go through the same surgery. I guess so. Down there. Down there. No, under the in the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was generally startling. <laughs> <laughs> no, not vaginal rejuvenation. <laughs> and down there in the in the sewers. Well, you went like this. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, uh, that's staying in. <laughs> okay, so that means that, like, so if you had um, any kind of surgery, that you, you had to have the same thing happen to you down there. I suppose like, so. Yeah, down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking downtown. <laughs> you seen that since episode? Okay, never mind. No. Um, so yeah, well, I think that ex- not that explains that scene to me. Holy I'm glad shit! We out. I didn't quite notice the scars as much. I thought the scar was where she just cut herself. But no, you're there right. Was, was, there was another one. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was and that also, would be her fa- little face left she had. Yeah. But either way, a little boy comes in and hits her over the head with his the rock gem, thing, the gem yeah, thing. Yeah. I don't know. Which I'm sure there's something to that too. But then they take off their... Is it a Range Rover? Of course it is. Yeah, some kind okay. of... It's either Land I think it's a Range Rover. I look pretty closely. I don't know the difference. Uh, I don't know either, but... That's another uh, little comic relief where they're like, oh, good, we get to take his car. <laughs> <laughs> his nice car. So they fight the little girl. She climbs on top of the car. Yeah, they, well, this is, again, the, we have to, I guess... Well, I mean, they've seen the movie, but it's, it's the <laughs> Wilson's little girl. The, yeah. Um, the teenager. We keep saying little girl like she's eight years old. Well, she is still... I mean, she's still She's, she's still a teenager. Little, I know. So she climbs up on the car and puts the scissors through the sunroof. That was pretty cool. That was. And cool. the little girl is driving. I'm sorry. I'm sure like the range. The teenage Rover girl is driving, um, which was also a pretty cool scene. Yeah, very. That that reminded me of Get Out a lot. Just mostly because there's a similar scene at the end, like that. Mm-hmm. Not with someone with scissors, but you know. And then she flies off into the trees. But I, I like the scene. Like a lot of uh, when Lupita got out of the car. A lot of people in the movie theater were yelling at her, don't go, you know, don't go out there, but can I, just, can I just say, it amazes me how audience members, they just think they're so, so much smarter than the characters. I know. It's like, they don't, I mean, they're being played like a violin, you know, like. But it's fun. And it's it was fun, 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 but like, you know, like, I, you know, some people are like, they're so stupid. It's like, yeah, the fictional characters are really fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, but you're like on the edge of your seat the whole time. Right. It's just, it's just kind of funny. Like, people just need to feel smarter than these fictional characters. It's kind, of, it's kind of a funny phenomenon to me. It is. It is. But at the time, I was thinking, oh, she's got to go down there because she's got to make sure this girl's dead because she wants her girl daughter to be protected. Which, again, maybe that is what she's doing. But when you get get to the end, it's like, well, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like more her real daughter than the her daughter. Is it? I don't know. How does that work? Because I mean, it seems like it's still, no matter what, well, she was, I mean, she actually... Well, yeah, she really gave birth to the kids outside. Yeah. But she must have some link, though. Uh, maybe subconsciously, she knows that and maybe... And how does that work? Does it just automatically happen? Like, they're because they're linked, it just... Because she, at some point, um, the bad Lupita says, they just put me with Abraham. Mm-hmm. Who's they? I think by then she was talking about the, um, you know, when the scientists or whoever... Were still down there? I need to know when the scientists left. <laughs> When this You're really thinking ended? Dharma Initiative, right? Yes, yes. 
There, were there any videos you was left there, behind, perhaps? Yeah, were there any polar bears? <laughs> what was going on? No, that's a good point, though, because I thought, you know, I, I wasn't sure how long ago, but so we know at least they're around when the kids are born, I guess. Right. But I think maybe, I guess it's just, you know, if if they do whatever they do, so they're having sex at the same time, so I guess they conceive at the same time. Right. And so they have the same kids. Right. Um, that's, that's really weird and creepy when you think about it. Yeah. We're getting too much into it. Yeah. And also, just like at the end, when you see how everybody's just still in those halls and corridors. So wherever you are, people are just going to be like fucking or yeah. masturbating or <laughs> cut. I mean, for real, right? I suppose. So they get away a second time and they drive out. And this is when I, I really liked how it, because it's, it's really creepy when it's at night. But then when it's a beautiful day at the beach, the next morning they drive in and we pull up and find... The little boy's doppelganger. Mm-hmm. And in front of a burning car. I like how they see the burning car first. And Jason is like, yeah, that's probably my doppelganger. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they don't show the little boy, I don't think, until after that. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh sorry about that. <laughs> um, and then for some reason, I guess, I don't know if I wonder if it's because they're children. For some reason, Jason realizes the connection he has with this boy. Better than everybody else does. Yeah, it does, it does seem like And I that. wonder, again, if that's something to do about um, him being a kid, especially with kids in horror movies, you know, how they're always more aware of what's going on. They're always more connected to if it's a spirit or whatever it is. He definitely seems to be very sensitive, too. And yeah. I mean, I wish I could remember what that line is that his sister says, because I feel like that may be a clue. Oh, yeah. You know, he's... I forget what it is, but... Yeah, so he definitely puts it together that... He saves the family, essentially, because he realizes that it's a trap. He's yeah. about to light the match and blow the car up. Yeah, and it's kind of sad because it seems like that his doppelganger will do whatever Jason does. Like, um, and So when he backs up with his arms out, he knows that the doppelganger, who seems to maybe kind of look up to him or something, right, or idolize him, also does the same thing because he wants to mimic him, and then he backs up to the fire. It's kind of sad when you really think it about is, it. It is, it is. Once you realize who they really are... They're not just, I mean, they're doing terrible I know, things. I, I know. I was wondering about that. Like, at what point, like, all these adults, it's too late for them. <laughs> but with the kids, is there, could you have gotten through to that little boy? Could they have saved him? Uh, and that was, I was thinking about that at that point. Whenever she gets out and she's talking to him, it's very sad to be thinking about it like that. I wonder if Red feels, does she feel pain for the loss of her family? Or does she feel like it was put upon her? I kind of think the second one. Okay. Because she does seem to really resent. For one thing, once you know it's not really red, or I mean, it's red, but it's also it's not the character that's supposed to be there, you know. Right. It's she's been kidnapped essentially, or right. whatever you want to call it. Uh, so the fact that she is forced on this family, like she, this is someone that's used to being having, that's used to this idea of agency and supposed to be able to make her own decisions. Whereas if she was just the real shadow person the whole time she would probably just accept the fact that um whatever happens above happens below you know that type of thing Mm -hmm. whereas red being from above obviously is going to be more resistant to that but i wonder even if you had the kids like you don't think there would be i i I think there's gotta be some but i think maybe she does feel like it's almost like there's someone else's kids like these are supposed to be your kids you know Mm. like i'm i'm a hostage down here well yeah i just i think about um the movie Room, you know, and... Hilarious movie. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so she was 
kidnapped and raped by this man, but she had a child and that child meant everything to her in the world. So she did start out as a human person because I, I just can't think of any, um, there was no like moments between Red and her children. It was just more like you go that way, you go that way. And kids scurrying about was scary. So now we're down to just Lupita and Lupita. Oh, because the bad Lupita steals Jason. Yeah, right after the um, little boy dies, the fake Jason dies, or the shadow Jason dies. And that's a great, that's a genuinely scary original scene, too, is when you, and because she's wearing red, she's like camouflaged against, what is it, the fire engine or something? I didn't see that. Oh, there's like a red car. Well, okay. I just saw her jump out and grab him. Well, no, well, you, you see, there's one shot where she's in the background. You see her head turn. No. Yes, it's super creepy. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're having a, like a witch moment. Right I know. Now. No, and maybe I, 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 maybe you're not supposed to see it, but you, she's kind of camouflaged against like it's sort of like a red Honda Accord or something, and she's got a red outfit on, and you just see suddenly out of nowhere Lupita's face, like you know, bad <sighs> Lupita turn and then they cut and you see the boy burning again and then and then she jumps out oh it's so scary um, it was yeah it's very scary um but so yeah so she's taking the boy and well so it's so she bad lupita obviously takes the boy because she knows we say bad lupita but yeah we'll just call her red i guess okay so red takes the boy because she knows that adelaide will follow her mm-hmm. and adelaide knows where to go because she's yeah. been there before so she must remember well, she at least knows to go to the haunted house and mirrors, whatever it is. Oh yeah, you're right. So right. She, maybe she doesn't necessarily know there's a giant. She doesn't remember that tunnel below it, but maybe she does. I mean, they, it could be either. You don't quite know. Well, um, then, so again, another reference to our the why we got the the wine was because it has an owl on the front. And oh it's yeah, the, the owl that pops out that this time doesn't it scares her and then she beats it. <laughs> yes. Also, you know, a callback to our Twin Peaks episode. <laughs> <laughs> So Lupita goes to the, the, the Hall of Mirrors, which is now called Merlin's something or other, which I'm sure there's some theory about that. I don't know. Um, but she makes it to the Hall of Mirrors, and there's a door or something. I, I kind of missed that part. But there, either way, there's an escalator or something right. that goes down to just – and this is where things just got just – I just started laughing because it gets so bananas. Well, but, I almost audibly went – Oh, I wanted to be down there so bad. <laughs> but suddenly you're below the House of Mirrors and below the amusement park, and there's a giant, like, white... And this is kind of Get Out-ish a little bit, when suddenly there's this, like, bizarre sci-fi bent, like, sure. at the end of this kind of horror movie. Yeah. Like, reminds me of the... Once you find out what's going on to the Get Out characters, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like a sci-fi vibe that... Um, but you see these big white tunnels with, with weird, bunnies everywhere. Bunnies everywhere. So cute. Modern sort of couches, kind of inter- is is very clinical. Mm-hmm. It looks like a lab setting, uh, and then just again litter of bunnies, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Because right. it is so bizarre. It's just so tonally different, uh, tonally than what you know has gone before. Although, except for the five minute scene of bunnies right. <laughs> <laughs> with the opening credits, um, it's bizarre. Um, so, and then she enters a room where the classroom is and okay, oh, this is the classroom from the opening credits. Mm-hmm. It's all coming together and we find out, which we've kind of just already kind of talked all around this, but we find out that, okay, this is an underground zone of some sort where these clones have been created or somehow experiment, I guess, created by some, you know, kind of vague group of, I guess, scientists. It's not really clear, just a they, um, 
but whoever it is that created these people, you know, Red and her ilk and all these other people, and then presumably like everyone maybe in America, whoever else has, has created them for whatever reason, they finished their experiments and they're like, they're done. They're gone. And so they're, they're all left their own devices. What if they murdered them? Ooh, well, they could have. Red, either way, Red says they abandoned us. That, I, I wasn't expecting such an exposition. Yeah. So that was interesting. Like, I didn't think that it would be as much as this is what's been happening. Yeah, well, I loved it because it's like, you know, it's nice to have that story. Yeah, it is. Sometimes. And it's a good story, too. It's just interesting. Um, it's, yeah. And it's vague enough to where you can fill in your own details. And, you know, it also kind of prevents maybe a certain amount of plot holes. I don't know. But but there's the, whatever group is, they've left. The Dharma Initiative, we'll call right. them. They're gone. And so they're on their own. And so we find out that, you know, and they do it in this Jordan Peele does it to this. He explains it how they operate by recreating the, re showing the first scene again, with young Lupita at the amusement park, and so showing what she goes through and what goes through below her. Mm -hmm. And so you see everywhere below her, the the doppelgangers below the people in the real world mimic or somehow go through every right. single action that is going that the, the, the respective. The person they're tethered to, right, goes goes through above. So it's very, at one point they do call themselves the tethered. Yeah, the tethered. I was wondering that would be a. I'm sure they thought of that for a title too. Yeah. Well, I think even on, I think on the poster it says, um, "We welcome you to the untethering" or something like that. Oh. Something very vague. So you see, like for instance, they show the people on the roller coaster from the first scene, and you see people, you know, downstairs, yeah. you know, pretending to be on a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, although there's obviously not a roller coaster. Or, you know, people, I don't know, I'm playing whack-a-mole and there's people, you know, eating, mimicking. And they're uh, just eating bunny innards. Right. Because I guess that's all they left them was um, bunnies. It seems like they would run out of bunnies kind of quickly. but Don't you know what bunnies do? Oh, right, right. They multiply like rabbits. They do. But so if the if Red knew that you could get back up, why didn't she just tell everybody, hey, let's go up here? I don't know. Because when she first... Wakes up down there, she's under the control of the the people are still there. The whoever the, the government or the Dharma Initiative oh, or the scientists. Right, right. Also, she's a kid. Um, uh, one of the big explanations is that she does the same ballet that upstairs Lupita yeah. does. Oh gosh, is this about class? Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> I'm afraid it might be. <laughs> it's too late for this. Yeah. We'll just assume it is and move on. But yeah, I don't quite know. I mean, I love the ballet scene sequence. I'm not sure what to do with that. I don't know. Because then, yeah. like, how well, does that, that work? There's like... a sequence, though, there, there's that line from the flashback when, you know, when the parents are in therapy and Yolanda Pete is watching where they say, well, we just need to get her in the arts and we need to get her doing things and that'll open her up. And so she does that. She learns ballet. And of course, we know now this is fake Lupita. Right. And that somehow gives her like a like an awakening or something. I, what does she say? She like she sees a light somehow. I don't know. I just thought of a true crime for this though. Oh god. We'll <laughs> do it some other time. Um but somehow the ballet opens up both her eyes somehow. It is I guess this true artistic expression somehow it wakes up um the fake Lupita above. <laughs> so confusing. Um, you know, and then because of that, somehow maybe the one below, who's obviously the real Lupita, who's been trapped, 
It's confusing. I'm not quite sure what the metaphor is or what the insight is. But, but why did the people down there see that dance and decide that she was like the chosen one or whatever? I think they just see that she's had some sort of ultimate realization. She she has oh. some sort of awakening. Like, And I think what it is is she's truly realizing maybe what what they are, what the connection is. Um, I don't oh, know exactly. Okay. But I think that's the rough idea. Through her expressing herself through the dance, right? Both of them. I mean, again, right. again, you know, they have this. Lapita Red explains that they have the, although they are clones, they couldn't divide the soul. Right. They somehow share the same soul, which is kind of a fascinating idea. Like that, you share the same, maybe consciousness is a better word, with your other person. Right. Um, like they can't really be separated. So yeah, obviously there is a connection. She knows what's going on up there. Um, but then, so okay, this is probably just getting too much. So if you're, if you go and visit the boardwalk, but then you fly home, where does your thing go? I don't think we're supposed to ask this question. Okay. <laughs> There's little airplanes down there. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're not literally always under exactly where they are. I don't know. Maybe because they're using the, they said they, red explains that the scientists or whoever were using the people below to control the people above. Somehow, mm-hmm. that was the goal. Somehow, mm-hmm. so maybe through through whatever they're doing to these people, it also affects the people above. So maybe they can't go, just fly away or something. Maybe, oh, maybe that's why Lapita can't leave. Yeah, maybe maybe because they, they're tethered. Yes, and it is kind of an experiment. Maybe it's not necessarily everybody in the world. Although, maybe it's like a Truman Show kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's not something we're supposed to think about. Okay. <laughs> it is a horror movie. Um, but yeah, that's kind of fascinating. So yeah, so Lapita, you know, she goes down there. They have their... Uh, Red explains everything. And then they, they fight, <laughs> right? But yes. they fight kind of through ballet, right. which is kind of cool. Well, and then so one of the coolest things is the score that we had talked about, the score they use is... Yeah, it's playing the I Got Five on It song right. from the beginning of the movie. Yes. Which repeats a few times. They also make very good use of uh, Good Vibrations by yes. the Beach Boys. Oh my gosh. That, that was, was super creepy. Yeah. That was very funny too, though, yeah. when um, she says, call the police, and it plays Fuck the Police. <laughs> right. It's um, very good. Um, so we have the big fight in the downstairs, as we'll call it. And Red is sort of masterfully ducking and right. driving by, like just her ballet sequence, her ballet learning, her, her ballet skills. Um, although Lupita, the real Lupita, should have the same skills. So it's kind of like almost a draw for a long time. They're not quite connecting. Right. Although Red makes it, gets a few good licks in. Um, but eventually, Lupita, I mean, I call her real Lupita, but why not? Kind of wins out. And I think there's a very, I, mean, I think it's very sad when she kills Red. I, I think it's it, violent. It's very violent. Um, and then by then you, at least what you know by then is that red has basically been a captive all her life. Right. And you know, what has been done to her and you know, she has kind of, I mean, she obviously had a choice to go up and murder those people. But once you know, like, like where she was and like, she just genuinely wanted to kind of get out, you know, so to speak <laughs> is that, um, you know, it was very sad when she dies. I think it's like, I mean, there's so much. I thought there's a lot of pathos. Well, yeah, there. I mean, yeah, and there, there's got to be so much more to this that we will think of in the next few days, because she says that um, we are people too. We have eyes. We have blood. Um, 
Which again, they're not just as soulless monsters that I which again, they were. you know, maybe goes back to if I don't know if he's trying talking about thing, themes of slavery. Um, who knows with Jordan Peele? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's very deep because I mean, you think about. Um, and I don't know how like you know, sort of race conscious the movie is. I mean, I'm using that word badly, but I'm not sure. Like Get Out is a very loaded movie with a lot of racial themes, right? I kind of assume it'd be the same way with us. But he's done that movie already, right? Right, yeah. Us could be completely devoid of that sort of topicality, other than the fact that it's an African-American family at the scene of the movie. Right. I kind of doubt that, because it seems like there's a lot of loaded images, and you know, it seems like it's kind of unavoidable. And there's also that line about, you know, who are you? We're Americans. Right. I don't know what to do with that idea. Right. That's fascinating. Oh, and then also when... Um when Winston Duke says, um, who are you people to them? You know, that's kind of like a thing that a lot of um, ignorant people will say about yeah. a, a, a whole race or whatever. Um, right, right. Um, there's even this idea of them being darker than, at least at, at first, you know, when they're kind of in shadow, darker than the original Wilson family. Hmm. So there's that going on. My favorite kind of this has nothing to do with race, but I keep forgetting that when they go in the you know the map, the hall of caves, whatever the hall of mirrors, mm-hmm. it, you know the, the thing above says, "Come find yourself." You're, come find yourself. Oh, <laughs> and man. I just clapped the second time I saw it. It's kind of like that in the Science of Lambs when you know look within yourself, Clarice, and there's a place called yourself storage. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, I, I thought that's so. I mean, and to me, because well, of course, the first time you see it, you don't know what is happening. So, right. But yeah, come find yourself, and you oh really can do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then she finds Jason in the locker. Does he seem like hesitant to come to her, or is it just more that he's scared? Uh, I, I, I didn't really think about it when I thought he was scared, but now that you say that, it, it does seem like because again, he's very sensitive. He understands what's happening. Maybe he heard. Her whole and monologue. She, yeah, and she kind of pulls her hair back as if to prove, like, this is me. Right. Because like, the other Lupita kind of slightly shorter hair, maybe, and um, it's not like it's done up. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess she, um, he would have a reason to be scared of her. She's she's drenched in blood. She right. can't really tell. And someone that looked just like her just kidnapped him. And, right. <laughs> uh, and then we get you know, this sort of final sequence where um, Lupita and the family are, are driving home or wherever they're going. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, I don't know where they would be going. Yeah, but. I mean, and also, you know, another thing that I had no clue going this movie that this is essentially a post-apocalyptic movie. You know, we have yeah. a, it's a apocalypse movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole world is going to hell. It's a little. Um, you have the chain of uh, the hands across America with all red, all reds, right? All uh, shadow people. You see, it goes all across America, or at least through the cornfields. Well, and then you're going to have some people who defeated their doppelgangers, some that didn't. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to be a rebuilding of, of the world, whatever happens. But then, so we have the last scene where they're, the family's driving, wherever again they're driving, and Lupita, um, I can't remember, she's, like, she's driving, I guess, isn't right. she? And she suddenly remembers, or just kind of visualizes, I'm not sure what, right. probably remembers, that... Um, they have the flashbacks to the very first sequence where, you know, she meets the doppelganger as a child in the hall of mirrors. And we see that the doppelganger actually assaults her. Well, yeah, she drags her yeah. down there and chains her up and takes her T-shirt. Yeah. And so the girl that we've been, Lupita, as we know it, that we've been watching the whole movie has always been the doppelganger from below. 
that has replaced herself or, or replaced who we thought we were watching. Right. And it kind of switches everything in your brain. Right. And then your brain explodes. So it's a crazy ending. It reminds me of something. I can't figure out what. Um, listeners, I mean, I'll probably Google it by the time this thing comes out on Wednesday. Um, but I know there's been another ending similar to that where you learn that whoever you've been watching has really been a doppelganger or some such. Hmm. Um, but either way, it, it doesn't you know, really bother me. It's, it, it's a very original, very creative ending. So, and also we saw some trailers. We saw the Pet Cemetery trailer, which I had predicted in our mini-sode, back when we did mini-sodes. Remember those? Yeah. Um, and we still might do some more. Yeah. That um, I I wanted it to be really good, but I thought it was kind of going to be kind of one of those things that comes out and goes away. And I so so far, it seems like it's not. It seems like people are really loving it, and I'm really excited. I can't wait to be scared. The early reviews are really good. They say it's you know very uh they say it's kind of funny very mean very dark great uh so i'm kind of excited so it doesn't sound like maybe what we thought like maybe it's not just uh if anything else we the twist that has happened that we've kind of discussed with uh jen seems to have changed the you know it's obviously just not another sequel like we kind of thought it would be or a remake so i'm hoping we may have another episode kind of like this one where we have just watched pet cemetery but we gotta do it like this again okay Okay, well, anything else about um, Hereditary? <laughs> I still want to talk about Hereditary, too. <laughs> anything else about us? Uh, I think I said the word bells. Anything else about us? Oh, I did have... There was... Um, I noticed a little something. One of the first scenes when they get to the lake house, um, the teenage girl is wearing a t-shirt with a bunny on it. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. Yeah. I kind of thought on the bunny. It's, you know, like... Lost famously, uh, the guys that did Lost, Damon Lindelof and uh, Carl McCuse, uh-huh. you know, when they had the bunny episode uh-huh. and they had the A in the bunny, uh-huh. they say we got that from Stephen King. Like There's a Stephen King book called On Writing where Stephen King does, does this thought exercise and he says, like, imagine he's, you know, this is a book about writing. He's like kind of teaching. Yeah, I remember writing. my dad reading that. Yeah. And he said, uh, here's a thought exercise. There's, you're in a room or something like that and there's a bunny and there's a, there, there's a, for some reason, the number eight on the bunny. And he's like, write a scene around that or something like that. No way. Uh, yeah. I don't, and, and Lost, when they did the bunny, yeah. he said, that's where we got that from. So I wonder if Jordan Peele, like just by having these bunnies everywhere, is kind of alluding to that a little bit, like this sort of famous sort of, and it's kind of an infamous exercise now, like this idea of like, imagine a bunny. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Just, like I just wrote a scene around these bunnies almost. Uh, I may be getting that anecdote a little bit wrong, you know, so you can delete all that. But, <laughs> But that's kind of the basis idea. That's interesting. Uh, my point is, when I thought, saw the bunnies, I thought Stephen King. Right. Uh, it all comes back to Stephen King. It does. Um, all well, right. Great job, Jordan Peele. Well, so go see us. Yeah, I certainly hope you've seen it. Because <laughs> we forward. just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward. we got to do Get Out sometime. Yeah. I, I, I want to watch the Lorena Bobbitt documentary and talk about it. That's Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele does that? He produced it. Really? Okay. Um, it's supposed to be great. Okay. Then also, Jordan Peele's doing The Twilight Zone. There's so much. He's on fire, yeah. Uh, so follow us on Instagram, at Sometimes Dead. Oh, here comes my Lapita yeah, the Elon really- Go voice. <laughs> we are here because, look, it's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram, 
at sometimes dead podcast or on Twitter at sometimes. No, wait. Sometimes dead. Subscribe, rate, review. <laughs> uh-huh. And how can they do that? They go to iTunes and click okay. <laughs> the five stars and write a review. Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah, send us your um, us theories too, because again, we just watch this movie. I'm sure we miss a lot. You don't have to correct us. Let's not be rude. <laughs> but you know, there may be things that we didn't. You know, I, we we're curious what you thought, and maybe keep it to like opening after you first saw it. Maybe right. Not, don't write. You know, we don't want you reading a think piece. <laughs> On tw- uh, you know on paste or something, and then just spouting that bullshit off. <laughs> Got really mad real quick. I know. <laughs> Berating our listeners that haven't even talked to us yet. Well, I'm not gonna fucking talk to them now. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, rate, subscribe, review. Yes. Oh, and uh, we have a friend, uh, Gabby Rotz, who did her music. Well, her band is Gabby Rotz. Her oh. name is Gabby Watts. But follow her on Twitter at. Gabby Rotz, G-A-B-B-I-E-R-O-T-T-S. And I guess that's it. Awesome. Well, um, thanks for listening. Uh, We love this movie, so hopefully you liked it too. Uh, Bye. Good night. That was fun. Stop.